Welcome to LJN Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Omernick, and you're listening to Technically Speaking, where we explore the latest social media applications for the modern-day workplace and take a closer look into the rising field of creative technology. With us, we have Wayne Breitbarth, a LinkedIn trainer and author of The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, and he's going to be talking with us about how job seekers can effectively build their LinkedIn profile. So welcome, Wayne, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Courtney. It's so great to be on. All right. Well, let's get started. First, can you uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your work history? Sure. I've had pretty diverse history over my many, many years. So I'll start off by telling everybody that uh, you might think a social media guy should be in their 20s or something. And <laughs> But I'm in my 50s, and I I was educated as an accountant. I went mm-hmm. to Whitewater and got became a CPA, worked for Arthur Anderson and Company. Some people might remember that name. <laughs> and then for the next 18 years, I was um, an executive at two of the largest account of automobile dealerships here in Wisconsin. And after that, for the past 10 12 years now, I've worked at an office furniture dealership in town that I owned for 10 years. And now the last few years, I've been working my way out of that occupation into full-time LinkedIn trainer, consultant, speaker guy. So LinkedIn has sort of taken me a different direction, and it's really, really exciting. So how did you get into this field specifically with LinkedIn? Yeah, that's a crazy story <laughs> with um, about five years ago when business was really tough, you know, if you think about it, five years ago in the middle of this recession, people were not buying cubicles, they were not buying chairs. And I looked at my partner and I said, you know, what are we going to do about this? And we're looking at each other like we're trying everything we know how to do. And and we were not involved in social media. I was, no, nor was the company really. And um, I had a friend that was very persistent every Sunday after church and he'd hound me about not being on LinkedIn. <laughs> and every Sunday I was very persistent to tell him I wanted nothing to do with social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... Just had a million reasons. I said, you know, it's, this stuff's for our kids and, you know, I'm not, I don't want an extra set of emails and just a million reasons to say I'm not doing it. You know, I'm 50. Forget it. And then I finally tried it and I realized a few of the things that LinkedIn could do for you by just trying it. And then I studied it for a couple months reading two other books, mm-hmm. you know, two bo- books that I picked up on Amazon about LinkedIn and I realized how powerful it could be. And then one thing leads to another. I started teaching with my sales staff to begin with at the office furniture dealership. And then I, before you know it, everybody around Milwaukee was going, I understand you know how to teach LinkedIn. I said, well, I guess so. <laughs> I read a couple books. I'll help you however I can. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the speaking career sort of took off. So what happened was there was this void of knowledge about LinkedIn mm-hmm. when everybody was sort of on it, but there was a void of knowledge. And I would sort of fill that void. And the next thing you know, boom, 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 we write a book. The book goes, sells well. And and LinkedIn keeps taking off, mm-hmm. you know. It really is the business site. And I, so I sort of hung, grabbed the right horse in the race, you know, because if you think about it, there's so many sites. Mm-hmm. So that that's sort of it, you know, and I just kept going with it and just getting more and more passionate about what it could do for people, you know, business professionals, whether they're looking or mm-hmm. not looking or, you know, suppliers, vendors, and you name it. I mean, it's just a great tool for just finding people. So I know that there are some people out there who are a bit resistant to it, as you once were to LinkedIn and maybe social media in general. But why do you think they shouldn't be? That's a tough one because, mm-hmm. you know, because I was there, you mm-hmm. know, so that why they shouldn't be is because it's a platform that's going to help you. And it's it's very efficient way to do the following things, branding, marketing, communicating, research and networking. Mm-hmm. And those are all five things we all have to sort of do in our business profession, no matter what it is. And it's just an efficient place to do those things. And 
it's taking the place of some of the other old traditional ways. And so the real reason why is if you have any, if you want to work for a while yet, mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself out in left field and, or even in, you know, in the bullpen because you're not doing this stuff. And I was one of those people who thought if I avoid it long enough, it'll just go away like a little mm-hmm. bellyache. And I, so I think the reason they have to sort of get over their fear is because it's sort of here to stay. Now, if mm-hmm. you're going to retire in a year, I don't care, do what you want. But mm-hmm. for most of the people that are listening to the show, we're going to be active for a while. Mm-hmm. And especially this economy's sort of forced all of us to be a little more active. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just, so the reason they should be is because people are moving for some traditional ways from the five things I just explained into sites like LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So let's say that someone does decide to sign up for a LinkedIn account. So what are three tips they should keep in mind when they're creating a LinkedIn profile? So I always like to say that the the blocking and tackling about your profile is two things, Mm -hmm. keywords and stories. And everything I teach about your profile relates to those two things. And if you keep those two things in mind as you're going through the different sections, you'll have come up with a good profile. And so starting with keywords, you know, I mean, we all know how search engines work. You know, they're all based on keywords and different kinds of criteria. And so you've got to think about how people are searching for you and have the right kinds of keywords. Way too many people have their profile simply just looking like a resume. Mm -hmm. And that's a good start, but it doesn't have enough keywords to really get the (laughs) job done. And then the second part, foundational part about your profile is stories. And the stories are the things that differentiate you, you know, um, your profile is going to be compared to other people. And, mm-hmm. and I hate to say this, but I do say it because people it relates to people. They get it. It's a beauty contest, you know, <laughs> and they're going to look at you compared to other people and they're going to make decisions, either contact or not contact, based on how you look in that beauty contest. And most people have a little bit of a problem bragging <laughs> yeah. or talking about their mm-hmm. accomplishments. And you need to because if you don't, your competitors are. And whether that competitor mm-hmm. somebody you're trying to sell something to against another salesperson or your competitor is the person you're trying to get a job with other applicants, you've got to put your best foot forward. And the interesting thing about stories is you tell some of your stories, a lot of them, I hope, on your profile. Mm-hmm. But then other people tell your stories too, and those are the, come in the form of recommendations and endorsements. Mm-hmm. So other people can also tell your stories, which is even better when you're both doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So keywords and stories is foundational to how you craft your profile. So getting into the specifics of a profile, the first thing I kind of want to ask is um, adding a photo. Sometimes we hear that LinkedIn is kind of just this online resume and resumes don't really include photos generally unless you're in maybe the acting profession. So are we opening ourselves up to being judged, like you said, with the beauty contest and how other people kind of view our profile? Yeah, that's a tough one because clearly people can look at a picture and make some judgments, mm-hmm. especially about age, right? Yep. Many people ask me the question that they, or tell me they don't want to put their photo up because they don't want people to know what age they are. Mm-hmm. And the answer I have for you is that, you know what, they're going to find out how old you are. You're going to walk <laughs> in the door someday and shake their hand, mm-hmm. right? You're going to go in for an interview. So how long are you going to play this little game of I'm not 52, <laughs> you know? And so to me, a photo is critical on LinkedIn because I know plenty of people who will not even read the profile if they don't see a photo. Because they just mm-hmm. assume the person's really not serious. And so I think LinkedIn statistics says your photo is seven, seven times more likely to be viewed if you have a photo. Hmm. That's a big number, mm-hmm. you know. And so to me, don't fight that and get a nice photo up there no matter what age you are. And, and it should be pretty much just a headshot. 
and it shouldn't have any things in the background that are distracting and you should be dressed nicely. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean if you don't, if you don't go to work in a tie, don't wear a tie, dress like you want to go to work, right? No matter if you're looking for a job or not, it should look like you in the workplace because that's what the tool's <laughs> for. So photos critical. And if you ever think about it, Courtney, when you get a list of people on LinkedIn, whatever list you're looking at, ever notice where your eyes go when there's no picture? You just skip the person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just natural that you stop. So I, Tongue in cheek, I tell people, listen, even an ugly photo is better than a <laughs> photo because people at least stop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so underneath this photo section, the next item that appears on LinkedIn is the summary section. So in general, what should job seekers include in this section? Yeah, b- before we jump down to the summary, let's mm-hmm. make sure we step back up to a really, really critical spot. Sure. People miss it, and that's your headline. Oh, okay. So yeah, the headline's next to your that. photo and right below your name. It's 120 characters mm-hmm. of the richest spot for your keywords and your stories. And yet some people don't even know you can edit it because it's something appears there because LinkedIn shoves up there your current job and your current company and that calls it your headline when you've got mm-hmm. a chance to put much bit more better keywords and descriptions about who you are or awards you've won. or It, could, it depends on your strategy. But the point is that – think about it. In a newspaper article, is the headline important? Hello, mm-hmm. headline's really important. <laughs> so you need to craft a great headline. Mm-hmm. Now, jumping down to the summary, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. You know, the reason the summary's up high is because mm-hmm. it's important, right? Mm-hmm. And you can move sections around on LinkedIn much easier when you're in editing your profile. Whenever you see the up-down arrow, you can move things around. But in general, summary pops up right up near the top. And your summary really needs to be sort of your cup of coffee with somebody. It's 2,000 characters. I recommend to people they put it in Word. They spell check it. They make sure, you know, the grammar's right, and then they paste it. But what's so interesting about the summary section is many people skip it. Mm-hmm. And they skip it because it's this big white box, and they sort of freeze up and go, oh, my gosh, I got to write something. What do I write, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's almost like if I sit down and ask you, tell me about yourself, or people have no trouble with that. Mm-hmm. And it's that. That's what should be in your summary. If I if I read your summary, and then I sat down with you, and we had a cup of coffee the next day, I go, well, I know this about Courtney now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I I get a feel for the kind of personality she is or there's something funny in there. And, you know, just you, you can start. So it's meant to be we have a cup of coffee. It's 2,000 characters of co- coffee together. Tell me about yourself. And for a job seeker, if you're an official job seeker, then that summary better be clear the kind of job you're searching for. Okay. Now, there's a debate on that. Some people mm-hmm. don't feel you should do that. Some people see it feels a sign of weakness or something. Or, but to me, if your number one objective in your life, business objective, is to get a job, then it should be clear. So if somebody reads your profile and says, I'm in job transition right now, and I've worked at these companies the past few years, and I'm looking for this kind of job where I can use this skill, this skill, and this skill. And I'm really good at all three of these things. And this is the industries I like to stay in. And, and that way, if somebody reads your profile, I go, okay, I get exactly what she needs or wants. Mm-hmm. Do I have it? And so, you know, now, if you want to take the approach that you don't want to be so forward in, in saying that you're a job seeker, then at least make it clear what you're good at and what you like doing mm-hmm. and what, you know, emphasize the, your strengths or where you want to end up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the summary is critically important because I think it's just a snapshot of who you are and what you stand for and what you're trying to accomplish. And you just, you, you got to do a good job mm-hmm. with it. And, and that's where some, many of us don't write well, including myself. <laughs> I mean, without my wife at home editing my stuff, I people say, well, you write such good stuff. And I said, 
I write, I know how to do LinkedIn really well, but then there's my wife right behind me that fixes all this stuff. And some of us need help with that. So, boy, a job seeker, it might be worth your effort to sit down with somebody that helps write good LinkedIn profiles and help you craft some of these sections, especially summary. Below the summary section, there's an area where people can add their previous work experience. So what tips do you want to provide our listeners in regards to maybe the verbiage that they use to describe a previous position? Right. So we're going, we're going to go step back a minute and just think to ourselves, what's our current objective? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if your current objective is to find this kind of job, then make sure that your past job experiences highlight the skills and tools and experiences that people want on the mm-hmm. job you're trying to get. So, you know, you're an accounts receive, been an accounts receivable person for a long time. But you want to do marketing now. You know, you're tired of it. You think got a little marketing flair. That's a totally different track, right? Mm-hmm. You should list those jobs because it shows you're a hard worker and you've had these experience. But then maybe you want to flush out in the description of those accounts receivable jobs sort of the marketing slant. I, well, I talked to lots of customers every day. Oh, that's sort of marketing. I also was always in charge of writing the company newsletter because that was nobody else wanted to do it. And I found myself always wanting to write. And that's marketing, mm-hmm. right? So to me, you write them in terms of what you're trying to do going forward. Very different than a resume, if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Resume just sort of flushes out all your past, but it doesn't sort of grab the things that, that you say, and this is where I'm going, and this is why I'm capable. Could you maybe provide us with a, an example of a well-written description of like a previous position or what you should really include in like that previous position? Yeah, you know, that's tough because mm-hmm. everybody's objective is – mine is really good. <laughs> I'm not looking for mm-hmm. a job. But if people want to look at my profile, it's outstanding. I mean, let's face it. It's what, mm-hmm. I, do, it's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. It better be good. But what they've got to think about is if I – think about the reader mm-hmm. and the reader that they want to read their profile, right? Mm-hmm. And just step back and go, if I were the reader, what would I want to read there to be encouraged to do the next thing? Contact me. Mm -hmm. Email me. So, you know, if you just go out and look at other people in your industry, that's a a great way to do it is to look in or the industry you want to go in, let's Mm -hmm. say, go look at their profiles and just read them and just see what you can see that sounds right to you, sounds good to you. But always keeping in mind your objective is to find this job at this kind of company doing these things. And so, yes, I wanted to put, you to put down that I won the employee the month, three months, and all that. That's all great stuff. That's a great story. But I also want to make sure that you tell the reader why you're capable of this new job you're looking for. And those job experiences can be a great place for that, mm-hmm. a great place for you to grab information. And well, another thing that you might want to do is talk to some people that you worked for or worked with at those jobs and sort of give it a fresh slant and say to, you know, your, one of your coworkers or hopefully maybe your boss and you say, so what was I good at? Mm-hmm. You know, what was it about me that you kept me around as you, I was your assistant for five years? What were the things? Because we're back again to the point where many of us were brought up not really bragging mm-hmm. and feeling that was a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. And if we sit down with somebody that, that, cares about us and wants to help us and worked with us, they might say, well, here's what you're really good at. I mean, you should mention this. I mean, you were always the person that when they called in, they they hoped that their own account rep wasn't in because they'd Mm -hmm. get you, right? Because Mm -hmm. you took care of things. So, you know, a lot of this is just trying to ferret out the things that that you're you're good at and maybe by talking to some other people. I really encourage people to do that. 
Due to time constraints, we'll have to take a break on Technically Speaking with Wayne Breitbart, but we'll be right back with our LinkedIn expert, Wayne, where he'll talk about your skills and expertise section on LinkedIn, endorsements, and connecting with others. To find part two, just go to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list and type in Technically Speaking LinkedIn for Job Seekers, and it should pop right up. Meanwhile, go ahead and send us an email at lgnradio at localjobnetwork.com with your comments or suggestions for show topics on any of our LJN Radio programs. I'm your host, Courtney Omernick, and thank you for tuning into today's program. 